Welcome to week two of Veranda Mornings with the Menifees. In this episode, we will be talking about what's next. Uh, to start this episode, we are going to talk about who has made an impact on and in our lives. So, babe, who's made an impact on or in your life? There have been so many, um, but the three that I think of, of course, um, the first one is obvious. It's my mom, uh, all four foot 11 of her. Um, she was a woman who was small, but mighty. Um, she had a great heart for people. And I would say she taught me how to love. And I didn't even recognize that when, when she was still here, it really was after she had passed away that I recognized her gift for loving people. And um, it also helps me reflect now and look at how um, people love me and how I love them and make sure that I am really honoring that and treasuring that um, because it doesn't last um, forever because tomorrow is not guaranteed. So she's she could dance like no other. That's where I got my rhythm <laughs> from. She was um, quite fun when she felt well. So uh, she would be the first. The second would be when I was in high school, there was a high school counselor named Kirby Milne who uh, found me in a crowd and said, you will go to college and took the time to help me fill out for the paperwork for grants and scholarships and uh, applications for college and and um, made me believe that I could do it. And now all these years later, I'm pursuing my doctoral doctorate in educational leadership. And <clears throat> had she not said, Cheryl, you could do this, I just don't know that I would ever have donned the doors of a college. I was the first person in my family to graduate high school. So um, going to school, even to the bachelor's level was uh, quite a miracle and a feat but now that I'm working on my doctorate you know it's even more credit to a woman who saw a diamond in a rough and chose to speak life into me so she uh, would be the second and then lastly would be Madison Tomlinson who was my character Yoda who I um, he was a high school principal and I was an elementary teacher, but his focus was on character. So I became a, a character sponsor and we spent some time at character camp. And then eventually I would make my way to the high school. I can't even believe I'm an ele I was an elementary person at one time. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that now, but in the, the secondary working with Madison was just something um, that made an impact. He's also the reason why I applied for the director position character.org and said, Cheryl, you could do this. You should do this. This is this job w would be made for you. And so during that time that I was working for character.org and working with some brilliant people like um, Marvin Berkowitz and Mark Liston and Michelle Borba and um, so many others, the principals across the, the country that would leave an impact uh, on my life and um, even in Mexico and in other places, in China. China, yeah. Um, and so all of that really was as a result of Madison seeing something in me that I didn't see either. So as I think about making an impact, uh, I think about how they did that with me, and that's because they saw something in me. 
So as we're deciding to make an impact, I'm looking for those people to sow into and to see those things in. Absolutely. Who made an impact on you? It's funny that you say that people saw something in you that made an impact on you. And for me, it was more watching people that made an impact on me. So like my mom and my dad, um, especially my dad, Jumpin' Joe Menifee, um, he is, he's a go-getter. He's a, a retired army veteran, combat veteran. I'm a combat veteran. Um, but his, his level of consistency, his, his ability to be, to be still, his dedication to mission, um, really impact, had a, a huge impact on me. And attention to detail. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Attention to detail. Um, and really n- never quitting. <laughs> Never quitting not being an option. Um, my grandmother had a really, for a very small woman, had a huge impact um, on my life. And for her, what I saw from her is a rhythm. Um, she would wake up every morning about 5.30 or so um, and make her bed and cook breakfast and get out in the garden. I mean, she grew her own collard greens in West Philly, collards and um, zucchini and eggplants and she had a consistent schedule um, and she also showed me how to love people and she loved everybody young old didn't matter um, she sold water ice in West Philly so everybody knew her name the late great Cora Wadley um, so those two or three are really the ones who've had a huge impact on my life. And the reason why we began with that is uh, we wanted, we were exploring the difference between being impactful and being impressive. And um, those people will, may never, they might be famous one day, won't ever don um, a, a national news syndicate or um necessarily be on TV, but they were impactful. And we can talk about people who we've emulated or thought to admire or maybe even made an idol in our life who are impressive. You know, no one throw anything at me. Michael Jordan is impressive. He's impressive. And he made an impact on some of the players that he played with, of course. But when I think about him, For me personally, even though I'm going to one day write a leadership curriculum based on the last dance, he hasn't been impactful to me. He's impressive to me. Um, And as we are on this journey to become debt-free by 23, to become the best version of ourselves, to be absurdly generous, it's important that we define exactly what impact means to us and... Mm -hmm. um, and so while we're doing that, the, the, this whole podcast is about the process. What is next? Um, and we are in the process of confronting our comfort. Oh, man, come on. And our convenience um, and taking those things down in our life that are idols 
and realigning our structure so that our commitment aligns and is congruent with our behavior. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. love, what is it now that may not be in alignment for for you? What is comfortable to you and what is your commitment and how do we realign? In full transparency, uh, where I am incongruent right now today is at the beginning of this year, I said it's going to be the best year for me physically of my life. Um, Meanwhile, if I see cookies somewhere. <laughs> More times than not, I will eat those cookies. So, um, and it's not like I just sit around and eat cookies all day or I don't work out because I do. Well, you did get a plate of brownies and cookies. That was at two graduation. that was that's old. That was like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um but Talking about old stuff. I know that was two days ago. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) always bringing up old stuff. But (laughs) for me, it's just um, it's with food and exercise. Um, I'm not where I was, but I'm not yet where I want to be. Um, So I really just need to buckle down and get focused and um, do what I know I can do. While we're talking about truth, because one of the, the, the tasks of this next process for us is to look at something in our life that isn't congruent and tell the truth about it. We had our meeting with Kobe Brown. Yes, we did. Our financial advisor this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and using YNAB, we'll probably talk about that a lot. Um, our finances really has told us the truth about where we spend things, though I'm not real sure about that Walmart category. It's all dumped <laughs> into groceries. We do not eat that much, so we're going to be more specific in categorizing those moving forward. I think Amazon should be its own category, but, you know, we've slowed <laughs> down considerably with Amazon. And so as we are looking at these things with the lens of truth and and aligning to what Jumpin' Joe Menifee taught us about discipline and structure. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got some things to do in our, in our finances, but I think in that really looking at, at those numbers and knowing the truth is a way we're going to make an impact because I look forward to the day when Kobe Brown is on this podcast and talks about our journey so others can look at the fountain approach that we're using and, Mm -hmm. um, to wealth so that they too can can find themselves in this place and so we're not there yet but it's the power of yet yeah and i like how kobe really keeps us accountable and holds us accountable um because it's not it's not that we can't do what he's telling us to do or we can't look at numbers and come up with a plan but he's our accountability partner so in my mind i'm like i know that i'm gonna have to talk to kobe (laughs) like next week or in a few days and I don't want to go to him unprepared and that is rooted in what I learned from Jumpin' Joe like you you have to like if you're if you're always ready you never have to get ready Mm -hmm. if you're on time you're late what you do in your 20s you'll pay for in your 30s and what you do in your 30s you'll pay for in your 40s so my thought 
um, and mindset is what we do right now, we will reap the benefits of in our next stage of life. Oh, yes, because this has been a hell week. And if there would be a week that I would want to get on a plane and go somewhere tropical, I was looking on Groupon yesterday. <laughs> you know, do we have the money to go do that? Yeah. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. We could do that, but we have to choose not to. Absolutely. I would have loved to get up this morning, get up this morning and go to get brunch with mimosas and all of the trimming. But I have to say no right now so I can say yes at another time. And if my goal is to be absurdly generous, mm-hmm. then right now I have to make the choice to store up so that I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that God is dealing with me about being congruent is that if I want to make an impact in people, that I really have to take some risks and open myself up to people again. So after, um, in my first marriage, I was very upfront in front of people, a lot of uh, community, a lot of connection to people involved in the church, involved in like small groups. And, and when things happened, um, at times I think in the impact I was trying to make, I became an idol in some people's lives. And so whenever um, our family was broken, some significant things happened in some significant relationships and it really hurt. And as a result, I don't really connect with people the way that I once did. It's something that I'm not um, comfortable with mm-hmm. and I am really um, confronting that comfort right now because it's much easier to stay hidden. Oh, yeah. Because putting yourself out there like this... Next week, we'll talk about failure. Having some very public failures um, is really hard to deal with. It's much like when our pastor had the spit hits the fan in a very smaller um, a smaller scale, but still hurts and it's mortifying all at the same time. And, uh, and to have people who you loved and who you thought loved you then hurt you in the way that we were hurt the first time makes it very difficult to open yourself up to try to speak life into people mm-hmm. and to sow seed in people like was sown into me. But I can't, if I want to make an impact, I can't keep myself over on the sidelines. I've got to put myself in the game and I'm much more comfortable hanging out with you yeah. on a Saturday and Sunday Oh yeah. than um, maybe doing other things. And so I just really have to push myself like the B group. Shout out to Josh and Abby and the Kings and yeah. and the Rices and the Durans and, and mm-hmm. those that are, are new to the group, you know, going into that B group was really a challenge for us and it really made us take a risk, but it's, it's like working out up until the moment you do it, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. But once you do it, it really does help you. Um, and they're like our spiritual accountability partners. Mm-hmm. We know they're praying for us. We know that we need to pray for them, mm-hmm. and we do. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of community helps us stay aligned in our spiritual life yeah. and to stay disciplined. Yeah, I deal with much of the same because in my my whole life, I've always been in the background. And in my professional life, I've worked in intelligence communities and um, 
places where being in IT, like I don't, my level of interaction with people isn't really, um, it's, it's not a lot. And for me, that's comfortable. But I've often said that, man, I want to help people. I want to inspire people. I want to be that voice for people sometimes and show that empathy that. And you have so much wisdom to offer. I don't know about all that. You do. But um, again, going back to incongruent, I can't say, oh, I want to help people. And IT isn't all there is because I don't really think that. IT is all that I am or cybersecurity is all that I am or that's where it it ends for me. Um, But I can't say that and then stay hidden all the time. So that's part of what's next. And I don't know. Still trying to figure it out. I think this is a part of what's next, being obedient, opening ourselves up for the 12 of you who are listening. Shout out to the 12. (laughs) (laughs) And as much as we hope this podcast helps other people, this being true to our commitment to document this journey, Mm -hmm. it keeps us accountable, but it also builds another kind of community. Those people who've reached out since we've done this and said, hey, that really helps me. Thanks for doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, the all two of you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a community and it we may never become influencers and that's okay that is okay but we were obedient and our behavior is congruent with our commitment to make an impact and this is just one area that it's doing that and you taking um this time to be courageous in sharing your story and i look forward for you to share even more Yikes. <laughs> I think it's a part of what God's doing for us. I the, know. And in us because, you know, jo- Joshua 1 9 says, you know, he'll be here with us. Be of, um, do not fear, but be of courage because in our weakness, he's, uh, the, he can show up strong. And so we have to take these risks and do these things. And talk to people. <laughs> And invest in people. Yeah. And love people. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that I didn't do well whenever I was really connected to people is I didn't have much balance. I was living so much for others that at some point um, the balance stopped. And so I went the other direction. And so I've become comfortable by creating this life that isn't stressful as stressful or stress in my life mostly because of work but um one of the quotes that I took out from church this last Sunday is there's a difference between not living stressed and being comfortable because as long as we're comfortable then we are not confronting those things that allow us to step into our weakness which makes God's strength perfect in our lives and that is absolutely what we cannot do we have to crucify our flesh and the things that we want so we can pick up our cross and follow Christ and confront and defy that comfort. And the reason for that is in the middle of right here, because here is holy, we are praying for lots of things. But right here in the middle of the things that are challenging us, that's preparing us for where we're going. 
And so the next question is, what is it that we're praying for that we're not ready for? And how do we get ready for the answered prayer? Wow. Man, well, and that's that's a weird space to be in because um like for example, our house is an answered prayer. And we have to be careful, you know, with when that prayer is answered and the backside of the blessing, if you will, and because with that answered prayer comes responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> to, to who much is given, much is required. Um, and for me personally, my word this year is place. And I told you that in August. Um, our church phrase is here is holy. Um, and both of those two, like, if you look at them at the surface level, they're, they're kind of obscure. They don't make a whole lot of sense. If you just look at place or look at here is holy, um, you're like, okay, I understand the words, but what does that really mean? Um, And I think that in this place, not a physical place, but more of a place in in posture, um, we have to get ready to go to another place. But until we get right, right here, (laughs) because eventually there is going to be here. Mm -hmm. So we have to get right here. And we have to enjoy right here. We have to enjoy right here. It's okay to look at all those other places that we want to live and want to buy and the pools we want to have and all of those things. But here is home Mm -hmm. and here is holy. And so contentment is important. Absolutely. And I think both of us have in our in our careers and you know I know for me I've there have been times where I've been like man when I would make this much money or when I work for this organization or when I have this job title then some magical thing is going to happen for those who are are looking to get married when I get married this will be that way or when I have children this will be that then I'll be content then I'll be joyful but that I I have the most beautiful marriage on the planet you know there are are still some times where that isn't going to be enough to fulfill Mm -hmm. every desire because our heart's desire will always be to worship God and so that that contentment that is often escaping us doesn't come from another person or a relationship or a job or money. It comes from this deeper place and relationship and space with a God who is the only source of that contentment. Absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. What was I talking about? You were talking about here is holy in your word for the year. and Where was I going with that, though? Because I think, I remember it. So I think in the place that we're in right now, um, being content or having a, a, a certain level of contentment 
um, is extremely important. While still having vision and moving forward and being progressive in the way that we are, not losing sight of right here Mm -hmm. is important. I think, too, as we're praying for the opportunity to be absurdly generous, Mm -hmm. as we're praying for direction, you know, there is quite the possibility that the direction God gives us is something totally off the map that we haven't even considered yet. Yeah. And so whatever is happening right now, because eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor entered into the heart of man what God has for those who love him mm-hmm. and are called to his purpose. So it is just like God in the middle of right here that he's preparing us for this other thing that hasn't even been a contemplation for us. And so it's important that the decisions that we make today fortifies our future. And it takes us looking very, very honestly at all those areas and the decisions. And it is so important that as we're looking at ourselves that we don't allow how we see ourselves cloud our future. Absolutely. When you said that, it made me think uh, of something that Pastor Mike said um, in a situation where I had to reach out to my good friend, Pastor Warren Mackey. Pastor Mike talks about obedience, right? So let's say we hear something that we haven't even thought about and we know we're supposed to do this thing. Pastor Mike spoke specifically about it's <laughs> your obedience is tested when you have options. Yes. And that's what happens with us with money right now. When you have options, when you you can go on that trip, like everything's in place for you to go on that trip. But should you go on that trip? You could get that pool. You could get that pool. But should you get that pool? You could take that job. Remember, oh, I do. had that job offer, um, and it was for a lot of money, but I would travel quite a bit. And my flesh was like, hey, running numbers and writing stuff down, and we could do this and do that and do this. I called uh, Pastor Warren. We talked about it. We prayed about it. I turned that job down, and I was mad about it, very frustrated about it. Um, but then a couple months later, at a uh, softball game, at a softball game, (laughs) (laughs) I got a phone call about a job, um, that paid better than the job that we had turned down. And I was frustrated on many fronts at that point because I turned down this job that had offered more money. Um, And I also decided at that point that I was going to start tithing consistently or that we were going to start tithing consistently. So I was really frustrated. Um, But even in my frustration, we were obedient still. And we didn't have to be. But I think because we were, um, God saw that and honored that. I really believe that. Because from there, everything just turned around. And I think that that happens because we do not want God to hold back because we're committed to comfort. Yeah. 
we could hold back tithes, but I don't want to hold back what God has for us, God's very best for us, because this is safer, this is easier. Um, and while we're doing that, yes, obedience is important, but I think our heart posture is also important. Yeah. Whenever um, I think of heart posture, I think of um, the woman in the Bible that just gave um, just pennies, essentially. But God, Jesus said that she'll be remembered mm-hmm. uh, in the hall of faith. And, and as a result of her heart to give all that she had, God honored her. And I think that comes from a place of what's your why? Yeah. And we've often discussed, you know, when we were first married, we had our own version of why. And the people we were married to, we were not bashing them in any shape or form, <clears throat> good people. But whenever I got married, I wanted the family. Mm-hmm. I wanted security. I wanted um, structure. And there were what I valued at the time was that, and I was holding on to this picture and he had his own version of why and his own picture of what success was. And there was a time when that was no longer congruent and it created a whole havoc of challenges for all of us. And so in that why really looking truthfully and honestly at our why, um, why do we want to be absurdly generous? Do we want to do it to flex on people and if that's our why, we really, God can't bless that because the root of that is selfishness. Yeah. And the the heart that I want God to mold in me is one that is generous, one that is pure, one that is patient, one that is kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've talked often about your why. In- oh, yeah. My why in my first marriage was I'm going to show everybody how to do marriage right. And I'm a combat veteran. If I survive combat, surely I can do marriage. I can marry anybody. I'm an easy guy. And the son of Jumpin' Joe. I'm the son of the best Jumpin' Joe. Like, I got this. You can't tell me anything. So I'm going to, you know, get married. I'm going to have a house by this age. I'm going to work for this agency. I'm going to make this much money. And I did all of those things, not taking into consideration that there's another person (laughs) in this mix who also has whatever picture they have. Um, And the two just did not, they didn't mesh. Didn't mesh well. We were both siloed in our own our own missions, if you will, um, that would never cross paths constructively. Mm-hmm. So today we hope we, you think about your process and what's next. What have you decided to do? What are you committed to? How is your behavior aligning with that commitment? Is it congruent? And why does this matter? Why are you doing this work? And I pray that whatever reason it is that there is a revelation for you to move forward in a way that there is freedom freedom um, to love freedom to invest freedom to move um, and freedom to to know truth and that is our journey today and we hope it's blessed you absolutely and we'll see you Next Saturday on the veranda. Let's do it again next Saturday.